Oh, hey, it's you again. Welcome back to Getting It Out Podcast. Whether you're a frequent listener or even just a first timer, I want to thank you for clicking on the episode. I know there's a lot of options, a lot of podcasts to pick through and listen to. And this time you chose Getting It Out. If you like what you hear on this episode or maybe what you've heard in the past, I want to ask you to consider joining the gettingitout.net Patreon, where you'll get early ad-free access to interviews, sometimes weeks before they air. It only costs $2 a month, and hey, once you set it up, it's like making beef jerky in the 90s. You set it, and you forget it. You'll get email updates each time I post an episode exclusive to the Patreon. And though the cost is low for you, your support makes a huge impact on what I can continue to do with gettingitout.net and Getting It Out podcast. If you're interested, check the link in the show notes or head over to patreon.com slash gettingitoutpodcast. Thanks for hearing me out, and enjoy this episode of the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Getting It Out Podcast. That was Californian grindcore group 
Elder Devil. The song was called Burning Forest. It's off of their sophomore album, Everything Worth Loving, which is due for release courtesy of Prosthetic Records on June 16th. That's one week from today or one week from, uh, I guess, only today. It can only be one week from June 9th, which is today. This episode features another prosthetic records act and we'll get to that in a second but if you haven't listened to uh, elder devil yet well you just did and i hope it, it intrigues you piques your interest and you'll dive a little further into what they do they've been around since like 2016 and uh like i said this is going to be off of their second record which is a good indication that there is a first and you should check that out as well so please check the show notes click the description for uh elder devil go check them out at their getting it out.net band page listen to them get to know them maybe you'll hear more about them here on getting it out podcast maybe not we'll see But I know for sure what you will hear soon is this episode, the rest of it, in my conversation with prosthetic records artist Caligram. Well, not the band, but the guitarist, Tim. He plays guitar in Caligram. They're a UK-based, what's, what's, how do we say this? It's it's definitely a lot of black metal, but there's certainly some crust, some hardcore, some other elements, maybe a little jazz even. You'll hear all about that, I assure you. But first... You'll have to hear, and it's not up to you. It's a requirement. New Jersey Zone, Hot Zone. Kick it! Make family out of friends, make friends out of enemies. Peace to my family, make friends till they bury all the places we've been. We're never sitting it out, we be getting it in. Where you getting it out? I said all the places we've been. We're never sitting it out, we be getting it in. Where you getting it out? It's episode 310 of Getting It Out podcast. Well, that's at least what this one is titled. Episode 310 featuring Caligram. And it's the first one in which I am broadcasting from a Canadian haze. Boy, am I tired of this. Been a couple days of living in a Canadian haze, which apparently has been going on for quite a while, like since March. But, you know, American ignorance and uh, self-centeredness has has allowed the fire to elude me. So let's put it that way. There has been a fire, a burning, apparently, in Canada since March. And uh, just now it started to affect us down here. And uh, the way I noticed it first was simply by reading a news article headline, because that's usually all I read. And it said, uh, Canadian fire affecting American air quality. And I first I, I chuckled. Because it's funny that there would be an article. It's like, this country burning is really fucking up our breathing. And uh, it is. That's not, <laughs> that is not an exaggeration. I heard somebody say yesterday on a podcast, granted it was a sports podcast, so who knows how correct this is, that being outside for an hour in the Northeast right now is equivalent to smoking six cigarettes. That I find that a little hard to believe. All right. That seems like a a big exaggeration, Uh, but it certainly smells like campfire out there and it looks uh, hazy. I checked the weather app yesterday and it said smoke. That's what it said. I'm sure there's people on the West Coast. They're like, yeah, this happens all the time. Uh, California burns and uh, everything gets covered in a thick smoke. Uh, But this is new for us over here in the mid-Atlantic Northeast. So 
we are, um, we're still talking about it. We're like three days into it and uh, it's a big topic. Uh, I refused to accept it the other day and went for a run after work, which is about a half hour at a nine minute mile pace. Don't judge my pace. It's the best I can do at this point. And, uh, and it was, it was thick. So does that mean I smoked three cigarettes while running for a half hour? That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I'm not ashamed of that. See, the the big secret is that's how I used to train. I didn't used to smoke while I was running, but I used to run a lot. And then the first thing I would do, the very first thing I would do when I would finish a run is light up a cigarette and stand on my porch and drip sweat. It was awesome. It was probably my favorite part of the run was the cigarette at the end, which doesn't make any sense. But it's what I did. Did that for a couple of years, you know, um, and uh, thankfully, I don't smoke at all anymore. But that was a, that was totally a thing I did. And uh, it conditioned the lungs well for this. I was waiting for this moment. But anyway, I walked to work to and to and to and fro twice a day. So four times a day, I'm outside for at least 15 minutes walking. So I guess it means uh, I've had another six cigarettes a day. So I'm I'm racking up half a pack a day just uh, in my commute and uh, in my exercise. It's pretty good. This is like old times, kind of like reminiscent. But uh, I understand that uh, it's worse other places. Uh, my child's school got canceled, um, which seems fucking stupid. You can't have school inside of a building because there's smoke in the air outside. I don't uh, Philadelphia school district sucks ass. Uh, I'd like to go on record about that. I uh, can't wait to get her out of there if that ever happens. Uh, what else? Um, the the, the <laughs> New Yorkers are not liking it which makes it kind of fun. You know, that always helps uh, any situation is upsetting New Yorkers. Uh, easy to do. Very easy to do. Uh, the best way to do is suggest that someone they know, maybe even them, but if you really want to drive it over the wall, you suggest that they are gay and, uh, or not, you don't even have to say that they are gay. You just have to say like, there's a tendency or something. And, you know, despite the fact that it's a, it's a pretty uh, liberal state, they're going to, they're going to lose their shit. All right. So that's just a fun one to do a fun nugget to put under their pillow. Sometimes just be like, you know, you're a little sassy sometimes and uh, just watch, watch their face fall apart. Watch them internally combust at the thought of being sassy or portraying something sassy. Anyway, they got way off track there. The Canadian haze is still here. I don't know when it's going to go. I welcome it. I think it should stay. It's a kind of a nice touch, although it's not very bright out. And uh, that's okay. Because when I did this interview with Tim from Caligram, based out of London, uh, I was listening. I told him I was listening to his music as I was walking home from my lunch break to do the interview. And it was the first time I think ever in my life that I listened to black metal and got swamp ass at the same time. Doesn't not not really a thing usually put together. Uh, you know, you think of black metal as cold weather music and typically it is, but this record's coming out July 14th. And, uh, I, I guess you can do black metal in the summer. And, uh, although that's one week, technically one week away from summer, whatever, we don't need to be technical about when summer starts. Talked about that last time. It doesn't really matter. Does it anyway? It's worth it. It's worth getting swamp ass while listening to Caligram and their new record position momentum. Why? Well, I'll play a track for him in a second track for you in a second. And uh, you can be your own judge, but you can also listen to my conversation with Tim, the guitarist from the band. And you can do all of that 
right now.
band uh, because this is the first, I know you had another record on prosthetic and I was aware of that, but I've never really dove deep into what you guys are doing. How long you been around? Where'd you come from? Uh, me. So well, we're, we're like a sort of international band. We're all based in London, in England, but I'm French. Uh, the drummer and the guitarists, the other guitarists are Brazilian. The singer's Italian and the, uh, the bass player is English. Uh, and we, we all met in London. I've played with the, the other guitarist and the drummer for 11 years now. Um, so even though we've basically, I think we've got three records with this lineup. Yeah. Two LPs and one EP. Um, yeah. And then, and then obviously Brexit, not Brexit, uh, COVID basically kind of like cancel while we, the, the, the previous record came out just when COVID hit basically. Uh, so it was good to have something to release and then, you know, so we had a bit of content and stuff like that. The, the, the bad news about it was that uh, we cancelled two tours that were booked at the time. Uh, and we basically ended up promoting and touring for the records like a, a year and a half after its release. Uh, right. Yeah, so it wasn't idea. It was good when we were able to kick again. But that's why at the moment... You know, we basically, we can't wait for the new record to come out so things can pick up again and we can get active again. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, between between COVID and Brexit, things have not been easy for bands uh, in the UK, and I'm sure it's been the same uh, in the US. Uh, but, yeah, so we've been playing with those guys for a pretty long time. Since, since we started with this current lineup, we've played this sort of, like, mix of black metal and then sort of D-beat crust. Uh, kind of stuff, uh, yeah. Because we we obviously we listen to a lot of black metal, but but we love. Uh, I mean, we love crust, but we even love, like we love hardcore, skate punk, and all that stuff. So, uh, and, and then you know, it's it just shows in what we play. Uh, we're a bit we'll be unsure about some of the, for instance, the first track that we released, Existere. Uh, at some point, we didn't think we were going to record it because we found it was a bit too happy uh the first riff is kind of skate punkish and we were like yeah yeah we love it but uh, so at some point we're like no, that's, that's too too happy too jolly so, so we won't release hits and then we're like no that's silly it's actually a good track uh our agent was like if you don't put that track on the record you're being stupid so um so yeah and then we always we've always had this sort of like we've always been aware that if you play straight sort of black metal and you don't budge from it it can be quite linear and, and static on stage that's why you know very early on we started bringing in those kind of like d-beat hardcore parts and uh yeah and we play it we basically we play black metal as if it were hardcore so <laughs> yeah 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 it's a cool it's a cool sound is it is unique i'm not one for a lot of traditional black metal. I like, I like, I do like some of it. You know, some, there's plenty of those records on the shelves behind me, but I like when it's mixed up with something else, the way you guys do. And, uh, especially on, on yeah. position momentum, it seems like there's even more elements of stuff. I would, like I said, I was just listening to the record and I'm going to butcher the name of the titles and they're out of order. So I don't I'm know which saying, one. So. <laughs> so, but it's, but it was like the end of Austra Neni. Was that? Yeah. Like that, I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't expect that to come. And uh, I think that's a, that's a cool approach. That's a, that's a cool that's thing a to part, have when listening to a record. Trumpet, sort of yeah. jazzy. Yeah, yeah. 
So we were, we basically we were thinking of like including a different kind of instruments on the records, and uh, and um, I'm a big big jazz fan, so I went through a whole jazz phase. Uh, big fan of Chet Baker, Miles Davis, that kind of stuff. And, uh, and and when I sort of came up with the sort of clean tone part, me and the drummer were like, yeah, this is the part, this is the part on which we could have something different. And then I thought about that uh, former student of mine who I knew, I knew played the trumpet brilliantly. Uh, and I was like, yeah, I know we sound good here. Uh, you know, a nice sort of jazzy kind of sad or dark trumpet parts. Um, and I got in touch with my students and uh, it, you know, straight away it was well up for it. Uh, we didn't even have time to practice before because we were both so busy. It just came to the studio and so we improvised. Gave him, gave him some like references and um, it goes straight away and absolutely nailed it. And it's one of my favorite parts on the record, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. I, I really like that part. You, you mentioned students a couple of times. What do you, what do, you do now you have students? Um, I'm a teacher and the, uh, oh. yeah, I've been a teacher for 11 years now or something like that. So yeah, I'm at the stage f- where, no, no, I'm, I'm so I'm off. I've, I've been off this week. I'm going back on Monday and, uh, and then my school breaks up on the 5th of July. Uh, okay. I asked cause today is the last day of school here and kids are getting dropped off right now from oh, their, really? their half day. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I mean, you touched on how you guys are international from all different places. How did, so how does that come to, how did you even get together in the first place? Do you, do you all just happen to live in the area? Well, we, we, yeah, like I said, we're all based in London. Uh, yeah. and then we basically, we've all met through this app. I know, I, I know a lot of bands actually, you know, in whose, uh, whose members all met through the same app. Uh, it's called Gumtree. I'm not sure if you've got that in the US. No, I, I'm not familiar with it now. Yeah, and, uh, and it's just basically, uh, you can just post ads, you know, whether it is like either like if you want to play music with someone or sell some gear or, um, and we, yeah, just, I, that's how I got to meet the, uh, the drummer. Uh, I joined the band when, uh, the drummer was actually the singer of a band with three other guys, two other guys, three other guys. And, uh, and I started playing with them, one left, and then slowly we sort of created our own bands. Uh, but, but I, so we basically met, there was, must have been like about three stages. Uh, so first me and the sing, me, the drummer and the, the guitarist, then the singer joined us and then eventually uh, the bass player. But it was all through messages posted on our app. Um, it's just really easy to use and uh, everybody knows about it. So, mm. um, yeah. And then just basically, I think all of us kind of moved to the UK because, you know, music is quite big there because it's this, you know, there's, there's a lot of variety and uh, it's just, no, no. London is a cool place. Uh, right. It's got a lot of like, you know, disadvantages to it. But when it comes to going out, seeing gigs, sports, uh, you know, uh, and just having a good time, um, you know, it's a lot of stuff happening there. Yeah, no, no, I get it. That's, that's cool. I understand gravitating towards a city that has a lot happening. That's what happened with me at some point in my life where I ended up in Baltimore just because of 
what was there. The music scene, especially mm-hmm. hardcore was the thing that, that I was really into. So I, I, I get going to a place because it's where everything is that you want. That's, that's awesome. It's cool. The way it came through. I, I've never heard of the app. doesn't mean we don't have it here. It just means I don't know about it. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so when, when did you guys start? I know, I, th- I know an important characteristic and I'm sure everybody that talks t- about to write to review of a band is going to mention that all the lyrics are in, are in Italian. Um, as someone with a wife who's from Italy and, you know, so nice. I, I, so I'm, I don't want to say I can speak Italian at all. I don't understand a fucking word of it, yeah. but I like just my close association with it. I would say I find it more interesting. So I like when I see other bands uh, that uh, speak or that lyrics are in Italian. Um, I think often in a genre like that's predominantly black metal, I don't really hear a lot of the enunciation anyway, whether it's English or anyway. So, so anyway, I think it's, I think it's cool. So how did, how did that become a thing? Was it a discussion to keep it in Italian? Um, the singer is Italian, like I said, and, and at first he was singing in English and, and me and him actually did a lot of work on the lyrics and, and that sort of stuff. But then, um, on one track, so, so that's, uh, three or four. Yeah. Four records. Actually, we've got four records, uh, with this lineup. I forgot about one. Uh, there was just one track on which he wrote all the lyrics in Italian. And it just turned out to be the best track of the record. And I, I remember noticing it was like when he sang in Italian, it just flowed better. It just felt like he was more, obviously more comfortable. And then the sort of like the patterns would flow better. And, uh, and it just got to a point where like, you know what, mate, we, whether you sing in, 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 in English or in Italian, we can't understand the word you're saying. So, you know, if you feel more comfortable singing Italian, just, just go for it. Um, I know something quite nice, you know, a bit, bit different, uh, about it. Um, and I just think that, it makes more sense. Whatever your native language is, yeah. you know, if you're in a band, if you're a singer, you should sing in that language, unless you're completely fluent in it. I know a lot of like Nordic people, stuff like that. usually they're quite comfortable with speaking in English or singing in English. So, you know, you might not be able to get away with it, even if it's your, your second language. Uh, but, but, you know, it does happen. You hear sometimes singers and you go like, you hear them sing, sing in English and you go like, mate, you, you you should just do it in your own language. And, um, you know, whether you're French, German, or, you know, I'm thinking about, for instance, in black metal wise, a, a band like, well, I can't pronounce their name properly, but they're Beg, Einer, Freinhardt, or whatever it is. Yeah. They're singing German. You know, I, I don't have a clue what they're singing about. I don't right, really right. care. <laughs> I'm assuming it's not anything <laughs> controversial. <laughs> but, uh, which is a, which is a, which is a risk with any black metal. You gotta, you know, that's a, it can be a touchy you, you genre get sometimes. Out, you, get found out, you know, yeah. I, say, I think people are pretty aware now and clued up and, and, you know, uh, when you listen to something that's dodgy, usually there are, you know, red flags. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, uh, and then, yeah, some loads of other bands, uh, do that. Um, yeah, and to be honest, it's, I think I find it pretty cool. Um, uh, it's just nice. It just adds to that, you know, sort of special, uh, DNA, uh, right. of the band. Um, and it's quite a cool language. So it just makes more sense. He's, he's, he's Italian. So, but yeah. And, um, and this way, it, can, it gives him more freedom, creativity-wise. You know, whenever he's working on 
uh, vocal parts when we're jamming, you know, new songs and stuff like that. I think it's just, yeah, just just freed him up, and um, it just makes more sense. It just makes more sense. Uh, yeah, yeah. I I found I like when when bands do this, and I don't think uh, I think the first band to really bring it to my attention, which sounds sounds kind of silly because it's pretty recent. Uh, was when Opeth did one of their records. They did a Swedish version of of one of their records. I forget the name of the record. And I listened to both, and I love Opeth. It's one of my favorite bands ever. And I just liked the Swedish version so much more. Like, it just sounded so much... It flowed, even though the melodies were largely the same, it just... It just sounded like it fits so much better. And uh, ever since then, I've really just tried to take it for what it's worth and more of a, cause you know, sometimes I, I, I listen to the lyrics too much. And I think we all do it. Sometimes we listen hone in on the lyrics and well, what's he saying? What's in, instead of like actually treating it like the instrument it's supposed to be. And when it's in a language, you don't understand, you don't really have an option, but to do that. Yeah. And I think his, his, his voice is very much like a third guitar in the band. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's quite, it's usually mixed quite low actually. And, uh, and sometimes like, even I think in the first mix of Position Momentum, uh, when we sent it to be uh, mixed or mastered, the guy was like, you need to bring the, the voice up. Because he was just like, the guitars were like above it. And he was like, oh, you need more voice in there. Uh, but that's, that's kind of the way we see it now. Uh, it's like a third guitar that's, you know, sort of like, you know, sort of really happy high-pitched or, or screaming kind of like third guitar. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it becomes, really becomes like a, like a, yeah, like another instrument. Um, and also I think, I think, I think that's pretty good is, especially if it's not your first language, like there, there are so many rhymes that you've heard so many times in like, you know, <laughs> metal lyrics. Life uh, and strife. Like, yeah, <laughs> and, uh, so it's, it's quite nice actually to not have any of that and have something that's quite fresh. Um, and yeah, yeah. So I think you know, for, for many reasons, it just made sense. And since he switched to Italian, we haven't looked back. Um, yeah, you can't now. You're stuck with it, which is good. I like yeah. it. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. So um, I know because I'm familiar with other scenes of music, any, any type of underground music scene, whatever you want to call it, sometimes has a, like an elitist nature about it. Black metal is kind of infamous for some of it's, I don't know, a high horsery, which is funny to say, but um, being that you're a band who sings in Italian uh, and is signed to prosthetic, a label not always known for black metal, what I think is awesome. And that's one of the reasons why I think they're awesome is that they have so many different bands on the label. But anyway, have you been, have, has the band been met with any sort of like uh gatekeepy bullshit from the black metal crowd just for those things? No, not really. But, but it's true that what we struggle with is that very often we're not black metal enough for the black right. metal crowds. And we're far too black metal for the hardcore <laughs> or, 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 you know, so the punks usually react well to what we do, but, but very often like, people don't really know, like we start playing and they really get into certain parts, but they'd be just, you know, they just, they just won't know how to move on like either the, the black metal side or the hardcore side of what we do. Uh, so we've nev- never had, you know, any sort of like negative reactions or anything like that. 
Uh, but it's true that very often you see people a bit, you know, uh, baffled and, and then <laughs> don't really know. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't, they don't really know how to react uh, to it. It can be tricky also when it comes to like promoters who, you know, uh, I think it, you know, uh, without necessarily knowing about it, I'm pretty sure that, you know, some prom- promoters have not put us on, uh, you know, certain gigs because we were either too hardcore for black metal uh, bill or, or too black metal for more sort of like grind. Like we listen to a lot of grind and we, we are rarely, rarely, rarely play with like grind uh, bands. Um, yeah. Seems like you fit good there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we went to see one rot not very long ago. I absolutely love that band. So I've seen mm-hmm. them about three times. Uh, that new album is great. Yeah, and I was, I was like, I was just like, how did we not get a call for this? You know, there were three, three supporting bands, and I was like, how did we not get uh, to do it? Uh, but yeah, I think it's you know, I can understand it to a certain extent. You know, promoters try to think about the crowd was likely to come, and they don't want to uh, put people off. Um, yeah. But but yeah, uh, but yeah, no, we we. Love grinding the bands. Uh, it's also a big, big influence on uh, what we do. Yeah, yeah. No, I can hear that in there as well. I think. I think. Well, is there anything that you think, as far as the influences, or I mean, not think you would know. Is there any influences that you know that you guys have that might not come across in the sound so much? I mean, you mentioned like the jazz, but that. Uh, but you did manage to fit a trumpet in there, and I totally picked up on that. And you know, but is there any like things that maybe? Aesthetically, sound-wise, anything that you feel influences you guys as a whole that works it in that might not be so obvious. Yeah, I I listen to a lot of rap, uh, yeah. a lot of like American and and uh, and, and UK uh, rap, and uh, and and definitely I'd say more towards like the the last sort of twelve months leading to us going to the studio. Uh, I was listening to a lot, especially like, you know, rap producers. Uh, so in terms of like American ones, Great John, for instance, the guy who's done most of the beats for like Chef G and stuff like that. Like I really, really like his sort of minimalistic approach. Uh, and I also really got into the sort of like, I hate to mention it because the, the lyrical content is bad, but all the UK drill uh, scene, uh, mm. uh, obviously, you know, was born after the whole Chicago drill scene, uh, but it's a very, diff- very different type of sound and and and, and way of rapping. Uh, but those promoters, like the the beats they produce, is so dark and then you know so melodic at the same time. And I really go into like produce producers like M1 on the beats or, or Ghosty, uh, Fumes the engineer, and uh, and I got really really obsessed with all that and and somehow try to introduce that or to to feel like you know basically um, use those influences uh, in what I did. And uh, yeah, so, so, but rap has always been a big, big influence for me. Uh, you know, obviously um, I was a teenager in the nineties. So back to like Wu-Tang, uh, Most Def, uh, all that stuff. Uh, I've always been like into, into rap. And it's always been a, a big, big inspiration uh, for me. So yeah, that, that's one that people might not, you know, that might not be obvious. Uh, yeah. I don't do. think that sticks out too much, but that's, that's, that's no. cool to know though. The, uh, I mentioned briefly there that you're on prosthetic records. This is the second record you did for prosthetic. 
I know they have a, they're based out of the UK as well as the US. How did you, how did you end up working with them? Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. That's greenlight.com slash ACAST. Uh, I don't think they got in touch or, or no, I think, I think it was, so it was before, before the eye, when we were writing the eye. And I think, I think our drummer and probably the bass player as well, were like emailing loads of, of, of labels. Uh, and I don't know if they first, if they'd emailed, uh, prosthetic or if prosthetic got in touch, but they were, they were the first ones that really showed an interest. Uh, and straight away when they got in, uh, we knew that Venom Prison was on, uh, was with yeah. them. Uh, we knew, uh, I think it was, it was probably, um, it's probably the bass player, Smittens, who knew that's Becky, the basically their, their PR person. Uh, I mean, she'd worked absolute wonders with Venom Prison, got them on the, cover of, of Kerrang. Uh, I think it was a singer like with like a sort of snake around the shoulders and stuff like that. So, so we're like, you know, yeah, these people are good. Uh, I'd heard about them through reading Metal Hammer and stuff like that. So we were well aware uh, of them. Um, we knew that they had right, in their very, very early days, but they'd had people like Gojira or Lamb of God. So, so, you know, when they started showing an interest, we were like, yeah, you know, that sounds like a good deal. Um, and also they had some brutal bands, uh, on their rotor. So, um, yeah, and we just really, really got on, uh, them. Um, yeah, I, can't remember got, was this, I think it was Steve going to touch first. Uh, and then I met Becky uh, a couple of times uh, with the bass player. Um, uh, yeah. And then, you know, it's been, it's been absolutely great. Uh, I know that some bands like, uh, some other UK bands like Dragon to Sunlight going to a bit of a, an argument with them. Uh, but we, you know, as far as we know, they've always been like awesome to us. So, yeah. Um, um, yeah. And, 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 and basically having Becky on board was like a, a major, major plus for us. We're like, yeah, if she's, she's going to work on the PR, then uh, absolutely. Yes. Um, yeah. And they've just been absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Very supportive. Um, and then, yeah, just really cool, really cool guys. Yeah. It seems to be the general consensus. I talked to a lot of prosthetic bands over the years and everybody seems to have the same, the same opinion of them. And I think that goes a long way and it, that, that reverberates outside of the bands on the label too. Right. So you hear, you know, everybody's 
here, most people are hearing all the good things. You know, if you're, if you're searching for a label that that's a good place to be. And, um, they continue to put out quality shit. And again, what I appreciate is the variety that they do put out there. And, uh, they're not just dedicated to one type of sound, which, you know, a lot of labels fall into, but they, they mix it up quite well. And I think it's pretty cool. Cause that's not, I don't know about you. I mean, we already talked about it, but that's not how I listen to music. I don't just listen to one thing, you know? So it's, so I like when it's all different coming from the same place. Yeah, and uh, and also I should say that uh, they, I think, yeah, Dawn Raid were already with them uh, at the time, and we played with them a few times. So yeah, yeah, we just look at the roadhouse, some cool bands, uh, heard some really good things. I mean, you know, apart from a few negative things we heard, but we, you know, we we we, you know, we never got involved in all that. Um, yeah, it just it just made sense. It just made sense, and uh, and also we we always. We're quite uh, receptive to how you know excited people are about our music and that sort of stuff. Uh, same kind of thing that happened with Russ Russell, who recorded uh, Position and Momentum. Uh, we, we contacted a few uh, sound engineers and you know some people, and he was the one who showed the most enthusiasm. You could tell he was up for it from like, you know from the word go, and, uh, and obviously just you know. When you see someone being as excited about you know your music as you are, you go like, yeah, you know, we can work with that person, uh, right. and that's that's how we felt uh, towards uh, prosthetic. Um, yeah, and that's really important. It's really important. Well, tell me about the excitement of releasing a record, of, or you mentioned of recording a record, working with somebody, but. Tell me about the excitement of releasing a record, Position Momentum specifically. It comes out July 14th. What are you most looking forward to about the release of that record, this record? Well, I'm, what I'm really, really excited about, I just want to play as many gigs as possible. So I'm really <laughs> hoping, like, literally, because like, what I want to do, I want to play those songs on stage to a live audience. Obviously, I'm, you know, super excited about the records. Uh, it's kind of hard, like we obviously we were in the studio, I mean we recorded it in July uh twenty-two. So, so at this stage it's it's a bit hard. We've all heard it so many times. Like, you know, we think it's good, we hope it's good. Yeah. Uh we it's it's definitely the most accomplished records uh we've done. Uh and I love the fact that we really, you know, we 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 weren't shy in terms of like really showing who we are. Uh, like I said, there's some, you know, some evil parts, but there's also some more melodic, like catchy things. Um, I think I mentioned in, in another interview I did, like um, the last Turnstile record as well is what pushed us through like, you know, you can release something that's catchy and yet still yeah. aggressive and then still awesome. So it kind of like, you know, gave us a bit of courage in terms of like, yeah, it's okay. You can play back metal, but you don't have to be evil all the time. Um, yeah. And then just, just laying some of our, you know, uh, I'd say not black metal or more happy influences, um, show on the record. Uh, but, um, yeah, so definitely playing as many live shows as possible. Uh, touring a lot more, going back to Europe, uh, that's going to be a big thing. I'm really, we're actually in the process of uh, some dates in Europe uh, in October. And then we want to book a bigger tour uh, in April. And really going back on like long runs of dates and, you know, going back to Europe, hopefully, 
you know, going to uh, other places uh, in the world would be would be amazing. Uh, but it's just like we, we've played a lot in the UK uh, in the past you know couple of years, and even though it's awesome, uh, the thing I'm most excited about is just like yeah, go back to Europe. Uh, hopefully, if we could head down to the south of France, play in Italy, push to like Germany, um, Poland, and basically play uh, you know in places where we've never been. And I think that's going to be the main thing about this record because you get to a stage where the amount of you reach and the people already follow you, you know, on, on Instagram, Facebook, or whatever, or like hear about you through uh, reading reviews of the record. But if you don't actually, you know, you, you get to to a certain threshold where you basically, you know, you can't you, you can't touch any more people, so you have to physically go and, and play in front of them uh to 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 uh touch other people with your music and uh and yeah no i'm i'm really really excited about playing those new songs on the record and i think because we we're talking about it recently with guys uh because we tend to get very often you only get like a half hour slot you know when you play a gig right. uh we we we're, we're going to be playing mainly new songs uh because we want you know uh we want people like you know we believe in that record um uh, and uh, and you know, if we if we get to play longer sets like forty five minutes or an hour, I'm very very happy to play some like old songs and stuff like that. But I think on the um you know uh, on the upcoming tours and stuff like that, uh, if we get a short set, uh, it will be mainly stuff uh, from new records. Uh, and um, yeah, and I think in terms of like the, the the chemistry, like from a guitar point of view, for instance, uh, we did quite a lot of work uh, on the guitars uh, up until like, you know, the other guitarists sometimes working on parts on like harmonies and stuff like that, right until before going into the, uh, to the room to record them. Uh, we really try, we work with the click a lot beforehand, but we really try to analyze every single part. You know, we had like loads of like, sessions just the, with the two guitars and the bass be working out making sure that everything you know worked together uh on the eye on the previous record what we what we found one of the my main piece of criticism i'd say about the, the the previous record is that sometimes we'd be pummeling like the same notes and we all be in the same sort of like part of the audio spectrum and just hammering and hammering so of course it's brutal of course it's intense but harmonically you're, you're basically you're not using a lot of the spectrum. You're all like basically, you know, living in the same sort of area and then basically hammering the same kind of like uh, notes. So it's something we were very aware when we whenever we wrote uh, when, when we were writing um, position, we were trying to use more width on the or you know more of the spectrum. And it was basically that like we made sometimes it was like a conscious decision, right? Like you basically you are there, so I'm going to stay right here, and you go in that area to, to make sure that we use the whole spectrum and uh and try to play things that were different so yeah there was very little of like sitting down oh here's the riff learn it that's the riff sorted now it was more like you know yeah. really jamming on it and uh, uh there are some parts where we play the same thing but 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 very often even when it's the, even when it's the case even when we're playing the same riff there are little subtleties uh, and yeah that, that's that's something that's uh I, I know you know me and the guitarist are pretty proud of on this record like yeah i think new guitar melodies are, are pretty cool i think yeah i think that's a noticeable difference between the last record and this record is that the, the whole thing seems more open like you're talking about and there's a they're just 
there's more di- it's got more dynamics to it and there's little subtleties that make it stand out more make it sound uh i don't know it sounds like it sounds like there's more going on but it doesn't complicate things either it just sounds yeah. it sounds cohesive it all sounds like it works works together just speaking on the record what is the since since all the lyrics are in italian because all lyrics are in italian but the title's not Position momentum. What is the title, and why? What does that mean, and why isn't it in Italian? Well, it's we've had this thing like even like the, the previous records. The I uh, is the first circle uh, is English, and the lyrics are in Italian. Uh, for position momentum, so I think it's, it's all about quantum physics, and 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 basically, uh, it's it's around you know the idea that uh, in quantum physics, uh, you can't know the position and momentum of a particle at the same time. I think you can know its position and its momentum, but not both at the same time. Obviously, I don't, I don't know much about that. Well, uh, I don't know anything. Yeah. So you could tell, you could feed me a whole bunch of bullshit and I just agree with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know anything about it. I try to get interested in all that. Uh, I've never been very sciencey and stuff, but it's something I regret. Uh, but, you know, uh, I used to, to bunk a lot, a lot of my physics lessons. So, <laughs> I don't think I even had a physics lesson. Jesus, I, I I don't know anything. I'm a moron when it comes to learning school. What do I, I mean, not to get totally off track, but you mentioned you're a teacher. We're talking physics. What do you teach? I teach French. Uh, That's what I was going to be my guess, right? Yeah, because you're uh, in another country. Yeah, no, so you, yeah. French. And, uh, so yeah, for kids to like, kids from the age of 10 until the age of 18. And I do, I do other things. Uh, I also sort of like teach them like... Um, when they're 16, 17, 18, they do a, some kind of academic research project and I supervise mm-hmm. and also write references when they go to university. And uh, yeah, I've been in the job for like 11, 12 years now. So yeah, I cover a lot of things. But yeah, the, the main thing I teach is, is French. It just makes sense. Do the <laughs> students know about Calligram? They do. They do. They do. Uh, what do they think? Well, usually there's always a time because I never talk about it. But but uh, years ago, one teacher showed them a video. Uh, I think it was like an early video, like three records ago. And since then, there's always been someone who had an older brother, right? Who told you know told his younger brother about it, and then and then the word spreads, and then you've got a whole year group who finds out about it, <laughs> and uh, and then and you can see like you know overnight, then I, I get students the next day looking, oh, I'm in a video. And you like having metal, and uh, but yeah, usually, usually, even in the night of the music, they always say, "Oh, the merch is cool." So you know, I take that as a compliment. Uh, they yeah. have the merch. Uh, there's even like students who bought some merch. Uh, <laughs> 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 Sometimes you know, I see the name from Bandcamp, but I go, I said to Bruno, like he's often to him, like posting and stuff like, yeah, it's one of my students just sticking a few uh, stickers in there, or you know, uh, but yeah, it's, it's quite quite funny. You know, obviously, because of the kind of music we play, there's there's very very few of them who really get into it. Uh, yeah. There's a few though. There's a few. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's a bit weird. Like one of them, like in the lower six, so that's like they're like sixteen, going on seventeen. Actually, did a presentation to the class about me because <laughs> they they've got a whole module on like you know music and stuff like that and they all had to do a presentation and it was like I don't, I don't teach him this year I told him for like five years before and I'm going to teach him next year but apparently he asked the teacher like can I do a presentation on, on Mr. Debo and uh, she was like yeah so he did a whole PowerPoint and 
<laughs> that's cool. That's cool though. I mean, like I, I, I assume it's gotta be different. I know it's different. Um, because you're, you know, there's kids at work, but like, I try not to let, I don't, I don't actively try to stop my coworkers know what I do and what I, you know, like with, with the podcast, the website, everything that I have, but like it got out pretty early in this company I'm at now. And the CEO came up to me and he was like, we'd love to like put it in the newsletter. I was like, I don't think, (laughs) I don't think that's really like appropriate, you know, for yeah, it's a little more extreme than I think you're thinking of, you know, like just the shit that I say on here first and that like, you know, the just lyrical content and stuff was like, I think it should stay out of the corporate corporate yeah, world. But yeah. I was similar seeing like where the, uh, my colleague who uh, basically puts together like articles for like this cool magazine once got in touch with me. I was like, oh, do you want to, we'd love to do something about your band. And I was like, no way. <laughs> no way. <laughs> No, 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 no. <laughs> well, at least uh, you got the Italian lyrics to protect you a little bit. You know, that, yeah, that's got to be a bit of a border. Careful when it comes to like, you know, uh, late night antics and stuff like that. And then, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got to be careful of those things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure. All right. So um, it's back to, back to the band, the record, Position Momentum, July 14th, Prosthetic Records. You want to do some touring. For sure. Is there anything that's on the calendar for the year ahead for Calgram that you can talk about from for 2023? Yeah, I think we've got about seven dates uh, in the UK booked. It's on the um, on social media and stuff like that. Uh, so yeah, seven dates. I think it starts on the from the say the 12th of July until the 30th of July or something like that. Uh, there's a festival in there. It's basically dates, various places in the UK, uh, a few in the south, some in the Midlands, uh, some up north. I think we might be going up to Scotland as well. And then uh, I know that we've already got six or seven dates uh, nearly booked uh, or uh, nearly sorted uh, in October. Uh, Plus we've got stuff in November. Uh, I'm not sure how much of this is official, but yeah, no, it's, it's starting to to look busy. Uh, and, and our agent's been like, yeah, don't worry, guys. Once once the record is out, uh, it's going to be much easier. It, we've even seen like a, a change since since the last since since the first two singles came out. Uh, yeah. It gave him something fresh, you know, um, to, to send to like, promoters and stuff like that. So yeah, that, that's the big thing. We really, really want to play as much possible. And go to as many places as possible. Uh, yeah, the, the record is coming out too late for us to play any sort of like big festivals. Well, not let's big festival, but you know festivals in the, the summer. We're doing one, but hopefully next summer there'll be a lot, a lot more uh, festivals. And uh, yeah, so so I think next year, till the end of twenty four, I reckon uh, we're going to be writing stuff, and we we'll probably book like you know some studio time. But we're going to focus on on playing as many gigs as possible. So yeah, and there's this this also like there are so many cool bands in the UK that you know we, we're trying basically to uh, get together or get something sorted with some of the cool bands uh, and do like tours or like weekenders with, like two or three other bands that'd be cool you know to tour with. Let's end let's end it with you telling me about some of those cool bands from the UK that I might not know about. What what are some good bands happening over there that you guys like playing with or trying to get together with? Oh well uh first one that comes to mind, Harold. 
Uh, they're from the south of England, and they play. It's basically D beats. We saw like you know HM2 kind of sound. I guess what was yeah. when people would call it metallic hardcore, that kind of stuff. But they're a really really cool band, and then you know awesome awesome guys. Uh, there's another band, really cool band coming through uh, on Church Roads called Burner. Uh, they're really cool. In terms of uh, UK bands, uh, Geist. Geist, uh, if you're into I'm writing these stuff, down, by the way. I'm ra- yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Geist, they started off, you know, they were doing something very, very similar to Cursed. Uh, gotcha. yeah. yeah, yeah. And they're from up north. I think they're from Newcastle. And awesome, awesome lads. Uh, and they're really, really good as well. So, and I know, I'm not sure if they're finished, but I know they were recording new stuff. Uh, so I'm sure uh, they're going to be releasing stuff soon. Uh, really, really good band. I know, uh, being French, I, I don't know if you know the band Birds in Row. Yeah, yeah, before. of course. Yeah, they got something new coming. Yeah, they, they, they were on Death Wish uh, at yeah. some point. So I don't know anymore, but their last record for me is probably the best record of 2023. Uh, mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely amazing band. Uh, a band called Pillory as well, a uh, French band. Uh, I think we were going to try to organize some dates with them. Uh, they're very much in the vein of like, you know, the Italian band The Secret. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so that that kind of vein, uh, we'll be of traps and trap them stuff like that. Dawn Raid is a good one to check out as well. Also prosthetic, right? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm obviously can't think of any more right now, but uh, well, you did a better job than most people do. All right, well, you do like a way better job than most people do when I ask them. That. Usually, people are just <laughs> like, oh, I can't think of shit, you know, and then they <laughs> they feel weird, and you know, it's just putting you on the spot. But you did you did great. Doing good at the pop quiz, but you should, because that's <laughs> that's your wheelhouse.
So there you have it. That was my conversation with Tim of Caligram. The song you just heard is the one I had trouble pronouncing, but we talked about it. Ostranene, maybe? I'll have to ask my wife. Uh, but it has that cool trumpet part in it. It's my favorite track off the record. They just released it as a single this week. So I'm happy to have the chance to play it for you here to reference exactly what we talked about. I want to thank Tim for his time, for his conversation. Very nice guy. Um, I think I cut it off. I don't think I included it here, but I told him I could have talked to him for hours. I really enjoyed it. And uh, maybe we'll do it again someday. But first, we should uh, just celebrate the new record position momentum. Although you've got to wait a little while for it to come out. Still not ready for public consumption. July 14th is when it pops out of the incubator and into your grubby little hands or wax filled ears however you consume your music i don't know it's up to you you might eat it for all i know you're disgusting but you're also pretty nice and i'm glad you're here thank you for listening to getting it out podcast and thank you for checking out the bands i'm bringing to your doorstep every day like the amazon delivery driver just chucking them just walk up chucking them not even taking the picture it's there trust me what i i I think taking a picture is a good idea you know by the way but anyway uh, i don't need to give you my thoughts on amazon delivery drivers hey this time next week just for your reference just so you know we might be waiting in line at the taylor swift concert at pittsburgh um So, you know, there's a lot going on here at gettingitout.net, but especially on gettingitout.net, the website, you can go there, check out some stuff. I've been on top of it with the news lately, getting back on top of it with the weekly tour and uh, and festival report. Um, But all sorts of stuff is good there. I'll get the new releases out today. And uh, keep your eyes peeled for more reviews. I got to get back on the review thing. If you want to write reviews for getting it out.net, let me know. Please do. Uh, I could use all the help I can get there. Uh, my man, X Rick X, holds it down, but he's like the only one. It, myself, I don't even do it. So uh, I need to get back on that, write some reviews, tell you about some cool new records. I'm going to check out the bands that Tim mentioned here. Maybe they're on getting it out.net already. Maybe I will add them for you to check out as well. But for now, That's going to do it. That's all I have for you. And I think I've done more than enough to entertain you today. But I'm going to end it with one more cool track. This one from Persecutor from Romania, Transylvanian black rock and roll tyrants. They are. This one is called Night Job and it's off of their new album, Snow Business, which drops June 23rd on Blues Funeral Recordings. If you haven't checked out this track, please do right now. There's two other singles out there, Suck City and Night Job. Oh, I'm sorry, Snow Business. This one is called Night Job. I hope you like it. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.